Well, I hope and pray that worship was incredible, and I, I know God's got something for you from His Word. We are in our series four, and we're looking at what drives us as a church, our stake in the ground, what is so important to us. And we're also looking at some really practical and inspiring stuff that'll help you through your week. I hope you're ready to jump into God's Word. If you have your Bible, you can flip over to Acts chapter 8. That's where we're going to spend some time this morning. A couple of verses in there and a really cool story about this guy named Philip who literally changed the world. Uh, I'm excited for it. And uh, let's pray. We'll jump right into it. Dear God, thank you so much for your love for us, for all that you do in and around us. We gather in this space online from all different kinds of places, dealing with all different kinds of things. And what we need is for you to break through all this space to, to meet us right where we are, to do something new in our hearts. We're here saying we're not good gods of our lives. We need you. You are the true God. So thankful for Jesus so thankful for your love demonstrated on a cross for us. As we jump into your word, would you clarify our hearts and grow our souls and help us be more like Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week we talked about for Jesus. That was the, uh, the first and foremost thing about us as a church. You've got to know this stuff. If you're online, wherever you are, you're part of Grace Free Church in every way. This is the vision. This is what drives everything we do. This is what we're all about. It's our flag on the mountaintop, our, our stake in the ground, our line in the sand. This is who we are. And there's also some really important practical stuff for you in these messages. And last week we said, first and foremost, we're for Jesus. We're for four things as a church, but most importantly, we're for Jesus. Without Jesus, none of this works, none of it matters. He is the centerpiece for our hope. He is the expression of God's love. Jesus wasn't just a teacher. He's God, and uh, we worship him and love him and want to be like him. And I hope that last message was really encouraging to you. This one is called For Schuylkill County. Now, before you say, I don't know, I don't really like Schuylkill County, I don't really care, like, I'm new here, I'm not even from Schuylkill County, to hang on a minute, like, there's tons of really important practical stuff that I think is inspiring and encouraging and even challenging in this message, but as we lay out our four fours, the first two is, we are for Jesus, and the second one is, we are for Schuylkill County, it's our mission, it's what we're all about I want to start by reading you just a couple of verses in Acts chapter 8 that we're going to kind of launch this whole message out of. Acts chapter 8, if you're following on an app or you have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, I love to take notes in my Bible. I love when people take notes in their Bible. We give out lots of Bibles at Grace Free Church every week. We're giving out, but I think we gave out like eight Bibles last week in between the services at our Cresona campus. That's not even including anything going on in Tremont, we love to give those out. If you need one, let us know. We'll send you one. You can let us know in the chat or shoot us an email. It says this. It says, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Verse 4. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip, and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. 
So there was great joy in that city. You ever notice how what you bring to a space has an effect on that space? You ever notice that sometimes you can bring something small and it really changes everything for somebody? I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but the first time I looked across the beach and saw parents with little kids who had on the beach a little tiny blow-up pool that they were filling with ocean water, it totally like blew my mind. It was one of those things, somebody brought a pool to that space on the beach and it just changed everything. I got a little bag of stuff here that were game changers. I tried to find our pool, but I think we lent it out to somebody or something. You ever like notice like we used to have portable DVD players in our car. That was a game changer. My parents and our in-laws always so jealous, no more reaching back and trying to smack kids or pull over. Don't do that. Don't smack kids. You know, no more like I'm going to pull this car over like we just throw on the DVD player and the kids are like zoned out the entire trip. Now the kids have graduated from like DVD players and like now everybody has a device. This is a game changer in my car. Wonderful gift from my wife Jen for USB ports, two actual plugs, stick it in your car. It's revolutionized everything. We can take a three-hour trip and charge everybody's device on the way, and everybody's got their AirPods in. Don't judge me if you think we should be spending family time in the car. Our Tremont location pastor brought me this, brought this to our house once with his family, the Fosnachs. They uh, came over one time, and they brought these things into our world, the Ots world. Uh, they're Rook cards, but what you may not know about Rook cards is that there's a game way better than Rook to play with Rook cards. It's called Shanghai. It's one of those things they brought into our space. It's changed our world. This is our favorite game to play. We try to play it with everybody else, and I usually win. So because they changed our world like that, I thought, man, I could bring something into their world to change their world. So over there in Rock, Pennsylvania, I brought spoons. <laughs> no, they know what spoons are in the Fosnock house. The game spoons. When you combine these crazy things with this crazy thing, you end up having the most crazy game ever created. It's something that has changed our world in small ways. You can bring something into a space without even really knowing it something little into a space and you can revolutionize somebody's experience forever Revol you can do something small in a space and have it make a really big difference you ever notice in relationships you can you can bring some stuff without even really trying without you really paying attention into a relationship maybe some stuff from a past relationship maybe some junk from when you were a kid maybe some disappointment or heartache or betrayal and it has like a really big effect on the relationship you are in you see we are constantly people who are affecting the space around us by what we bring to that space. And that's why I think there's this thing we don't really talk about. You have the ability, as you are, 
with even a little intention to revolutionize your world. It always starts small. It always happens through relationships. But what you bring to your home, what you bring to your marriage, what you bring to your friendships, what you bring into your workplace every day, what you bring into your school, what you bring into your friendships, what you bring to social media, whatever space you're stepping into, what you bring to that space has a far greater impact than you ever could know. That's why we say we're for Schuylkill County. Because we have the audacity to believe, the courage to stand behind the belief that by what we bring to Schuylkill County can actually change the fabric of the place we call home. We believe as a church that what we bring to the county as a church can actually have such a big effect on the space we are in that it can alter the county for generations to come in a positive way. We actually believe that what you bring when you leave this place on a Sunday morning out and about through this county can actually change this county for good. Do I sound fired up? You see, I am, because most people, they just look out into their relationships and into their world, into their workplace, into the county, whatever, and state, into their country. They complain and wait. That's it. You might have done it at home, right? You complain about that man, and then you just wait for something to change. Probably not happening. It's going to take something bigger than complaining and waiting. That's not the best way to motivate change into your world. Most people, they look at whatever's going on in the political system and they complain about it over and over and over again. And then they make sure everybody hears what they complain and then they wait for somebody to actually make the difference so most people they'll go to a workplace complain every day go home miserable but not actually do something to change the workplace that they're in people complain about the county man it's got some issues like there's some there's plenty of issues our newspapers are filled with issues all around us and, and the tendency is for people to see these issues and problems in the world and complain about it and then wait for somebody else to do something about it but that's not us and it's not how christians were called to live nowhere did jesus go like hey go out into all the world and complain about some stuff and then just wait to see what happens that wasn't the directive he gave from in acts chapter 1 8 to the disciples he said Go into all the world to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth and make disciples who follow me. You see, most people, they actually just sit back, complain and wait, 
We do it in churches. People fill churches every Sunday, every week. I know not here, right? Like, uh uh-huh. People, they'll complain to the pastor. They'll complain to anybody who listens. They'll say things like, nobody wants to do my, nobody likes what I want us to do, and nobody wants to do what I want to do, and why aren't things different, and why don't they change, and they complain and then wait. That's not how we roll. You see, we have the audacity to believe. It's true. We have the courage to believe that you have a purpose and that we have a calling together, a mission from God to step out into our relationships, our homes, our workplaces, our county, to be for the people we live with, to want the best for them, to pray the best for them, to want to see them free and happy and growing. We, we are for them and we actually believe that you, that I, that we as individuals and together are called to be a movement of people who actually change the very fabric of our worlds by what we bring into them. Who else? Who else is going to do it? You can't wait for me to step into your world and relationship and change it. But you can. Who else is going to go be a church for the unchurched people of the county? Even if it means having church people upset at you from time to time. Who's going to go? We're not going to wait around for anybody else to pop up. We hope people join us on this mission. If, if you're not joining us on this mission by how you support this church, whether through time or energy or money or heart or prayer or anything at all, it doesn't matter. What? what, what? Nobody else. Nobody else. Philip was a guy who didn't even wait around at all. Like I love the calling of Philip, this disciple we learn about in Acts chapter 8. He actually got tapped to be a part of the ministry officially in Acts chapter 6. The, the apostles, those who had walked with Jesus, they were overloaded with ministry. You know, everybody starts to look to the top to see who can do the most ministry. It's not how God designed his church to work. There's every part of plays an essential piece of the mission going forward. But everybody's looking for these apostles to do everything. They wanted Peter to show up and preach every Sunday. They wanted uh, Andrew or, you know, whoever <laughs> to, to come, John, to come and to, to help take care of all the people in church, to do all the visits. And the apostles were so overloaded. They're like, we can't time out. Like, we can't. People are being disappointed because we can't do everything. We're not doing all that we should be doing as a ministry because we can't do everything. We need to appoint some people to help. So they decided that they were going to make some deacons. Deacons, right? It's a big, fancy church world. It was the people who were in charge of being the hands and feet of the ministry, making sure nobody got missed, nobody slipped through the cracks, all the needs were being taken care of, especially the needs of the orphans and the widows and those people who were in need. And they tapped some people. It says in Acts chapter 6 and verse 3, they said, brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom 
we will turn responsibility over to them. In that group was Stephen, who's the first martyr in the Christian church, and Philip. Philip, man. Philip was chosen because he was known to be full of the Spirit and wise. I love this because he's fresh off the bench and things get crazy and he decides that he is going to go make a difference by what he brings to Samaria. And when he does that, the effect is exponential. He never could have dreamed how much God would use him. He's just doing this for a couple days, maybe a couple weeks. He never could have dreamed. But it all started with this call, you see. He wasn't waiting. He was known to be wise. He was known to be full of the Spirit. You know what that tells me about our guy, Philip? wasn't waiting around for somebody to give him a job to do. He was the kind of guy who saw a need and sprung into action. He heard something and he prayed for it. He was a guy who he wasn't going to let something pass him by without doing it. So he didn't need anybody to tap him to say, yo, you're a deacon, bro. He didn't need anybody to say, hey, will you be the lead of this? Or will you do that? Or will you participate in this? He wasn't waiting around for an email that like motivated him to get off the couch and show up to church and serve. Philip lived a life where he saw a need and said, I can help. That's it. You know, this church makes a huge difference every week. And do you know why it makes a huge difference every week? Not because some dude in some red jacket preaches a fancy message that's meant to motivate and inspire some people. That's not why we make a difference every week. We make a difference, a big difference every week because of the people who said, I'm not waiting around, I can help. And some of those people, they can't do anything, but God's blessed them, and so they give money to the mission. They tell me things like, hey man, I believe in what we're doing. This, this can help. How can I help? This is what I have. It's God's money anyway. I want to help. Some of those people, they don't, even know a skill, but they see a need and they say, I'll learn it. I can help. I, I don't know how to do production or mix sound, but I'm teachable and I'm available, so I'll help. Everybody you see on this stage on a Sunday morning singing and playing music, they all said to me the same thing, like, hey, if there's anybody else, that's great. I don't know if I'm the best, but I can help and I know how to play this and I know how to do this. And if you don't need it, fine, but I can help. Uh, the, the people that serve food across our county to, to man, there's like 100 people every week or month or something. You know, there's a lot of people we feed every, they're, they're just like, I can help. I can make a casserole. I can show up and deliver some food to the high rise. I can help. I can help. Philip was a guy who changed his world. God used him to change his world because he was available and willing, and just said, I can help. I'm not going to complain. 
and wait around for somebody else to change my marriage, my home, my county, my town, my street. I'm here. God's put me here. I can help. Man, do you know, we, we are launching a campus next Sunday, right? Like officially September 12th. We're doing soft launches already. All, man, we're, that's crazy good. That's a really big deal. We, we do so much, and I wonder sometimes how much more we could do if we had more people that said, I'm, I'm here, I don't, know, I don't know what I can bring. I don't know what I have to offer. Maybe it doesn't seem like much to me, but I'll bring what I got because I can help. You should shoot me an email right now if you're feeling God tug on your heart and say, it's time to get off the bench. Church is not supposed to be about what we consume. It's supposed to be about a place we gather together to grow stronger so that we can go out and make a difference in somebody's day. Anyway, there he is. He's just signed up for the job and all of a sudden they killed Stephen, persecuted Stephen for his faith and persecution breaks out in massive fashion there in Acts chapter 8 and it scatters the church. It's a reminder to me that the church is not some holy huddle. It's not some country club. The church is not supposed to be some clique where we all gather together and tell each other how great we are. It's not supposed to be about that. We are the sent ones out into our world to be salt and light. It's always been Jesus' plan. I don't want persecution to be what has to drive us out of the church to actually do the work God sent us to do. I want to be on mission all the time. They got broken up though because there's an enemy out there. He wants to keep you on the bench. You have an enemy. Satan wants to keep you sidelined. He, he's telling you things like you're not good enough. You don't have anything to offer. You can't make a difference. This guy's full of it. Not me. It must apply to somebody else. I'm too broken or messed up. You have an enemy that just wants to see your destruction. But God always works in all things for the good of those who love him so the enemy comes in trying to hurt the church trying to destroy the church satan wants to see the church crushed because of the joy we have because of the hope we have because of victory we have because of jesus on the cross but he's limited in his power over you. If you belong to Jesus, he's got none of it. And Jesus will use all, work in all things for the good of those who love him. So what Satan meant to destroy the church, God used to multiply the church exponentially going worldwide. And it starts here in Acts with this one dude, Philip. God wants to work in whatever situation you have. The enemy may mean it for, for bad. He may want to see you crushed and defeated. But God will work in all things for the good of those who love him. And here, because they're scattered, the mission God has given them in Acts chapter 1-8. To go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth with this good news of who he is and what he has done for us. It blows up exponential growth 
It says he went down to the city of Samaria. They had all been gathered there in Jerusalem, this holy huddle, this little church clique, a little country club church. And then the persecution sends them out, and they are on mission. And here's some things that we need to understand about this call not to be some like little club church. The mission starts right here. Sometimes people ask me why we don't do more for foreign missionaries. That's really important and good work. We do a lot. We support um, the Travises in Africa and Ernesto helping deaf orphan kids in Peru. We do incredible stuff to support foreign missions. But for us, the directive from Jesus, it always starts with right where you're at. Your mission field isn't over some sea. And a lot of people, they take a cheap route and say, oh, I'm doing a lot for the kingdom because I'm sending money way over there. That's good, right? But like the mission for you, it starts right where you are. If, if God's doing something in your life, he's doing it in your life for the benefit of your home. For the benefit of your relationship with your spouse your street, your neighborhood. He says the mission starts in Jerusalem and then Judea and Samaria and then the ends of the earth. And for us, our mission starts right here in this room, wherever you're watching it, on this street, in this town. And then it spills out next step to Schuylkill County. We are for Schuylkill County, it's the field God has called us to be mission to. And while we'll keep doing awesome things and supporting foreign missions, believe me, the mission field, it's not that far. It's right here. And what happens when Philip is he just, quite simply, he just goes down to Samaria, just the next step over, the people that were forgotten, they weren't paying attention to the Samaritans. The people were despised by a lot of the Jewish people. They were avoided by a lot of people. He went to the place where everybody else was avoiding it. And he just starts doing church. And church isn't about all this, right? He was preaching Jesus and the hope we can have in them. God was moving in the place miraculously. He was moving in the lives of people, in their stories, in their health, in what was going on to demonstrate how God is for them. It starts here, and it's about what we say, because what we say is really life-giving, and it's about what we do. Because what we do shows the truth of who Jesus is. And what happens is Philip just does what he can. Like he just, he just talks about Jesus, right? And God's doing some amazing things. And they're not being shy about it. They're telling those stories. And it says that great, t a couple things happen. One, he won the attention of the people so they were really listening. And two, great joy spread throughout the city. Now, I need you to hear this. You don't have to preach like me. You don't have to be able to play keys like Scott. You don't got to be able to belt it out on the guitar like Bodie. You don't got to do any of, you don't have to be able to crank the numbers like our executive pastor Jim. You don't have to be 
cool and positive and encouraging like our dude Ryan and Tremont. Like you just got to do what you can do to help share the hope you have with what you say and how you say it. And just don't be shy about your experience as God works in your heart. That's it. Man, some of the people that come to this church made the decision to come to this church in the comment section of a Facebook video. Because one person that comes to this church wasn't shy about the fact that they're excited about what God's doing. And so they shared a video from our Facebook page. And, and then in the comments, when somebody said, what's up with that? Or, wow, that's different or something. They engaged them in the comments and said, when you come and I'll come with you. What service you want to go to, I'll show up and sit next to you. Do you know how many people have come to this church in the last four years like that? It's an insane amount. And here's the thing. It's just what you bring to your space. They didn't do anything crazy. They just brought joy and their story to their online space or their workspace or their friend's space or their family space or their school space. They just brought the joy that they had experienced and, the, and the, the thing that God was doing in their hearts, they just brought it to some people. And what happens is the same thing that happened here. People listen and they're paying attention and joy erupts in the community. And this is what happens when people at Grace Free Church take what God's been doing in their life and just, they aren't even, they're not preaching a message. They're just not being shy about it. What happens is people start paying attention. And then joy breaks out. That's what you bring. You bring joy. That's the mission we're on. We're for Schuylkill County. We believe in this place. It's what God has called us to. And we believe in your ability to change every space you walk into because of what God is doing in your life. And if we all do that together, there's no part of this county that can't be effective in a, affected in a positive way. There's no ad systemic addiction that can get in the way of what God will do through each and every one of us as we just say, hey, I'm here to help. That's it. I, I can help. I'm available and I'm willing to help. There's no limit to what God can do throughout our county. There's no, there's no story too crazy about lives changed, generations affected. If we're a movement of people who just say, we're going to bring joy to our space because we can help. The effect is exponential. God, see, God knows this Ethiopian eunuch has been traveling home from worshiping in Jerusalem. And he says, Philip, go down this road. He doesn't tell him the whole plan. just says, take a step. Go down this road and get close to the chariot. How about that for some 
<laughs> details. How, how's that for the plan? Just go down the road and go stand near that chariot. Philip's like, okay, God, you're doing amazing stuff, and I'm just here to help. I'll go down that road and stand by that chariot. Seems easy, right? Like most of the time, that's all I feel I'm good for anyway. I can go stand up there or whatever. Like he goes down, and he listens to this guy as he's reading about Jesus and this prophecy in Isaiah. And he says, what do you read? Do you understand what you're reading there? And the guy says, I don't. Can you explain it to me? And Philip shares the gospel and Jesus with this Ethiopian eunuch going home from worship in Jerusalem. And the guy says, you need to baptize me right now. Philip says, okay, let's do it. Why not? Let's celebrate this whole thing. He baptizes him. The Ethiopian eunuch is believed to be the one who started the church in Ethiopia. How about that for exponential growth? The impact that you will make just by saying, I'm here to help. God's doing something. I'm going to follow him. It's not about me. It's about what God wants to do through me. The effect that you will have on your world is far greater than you will ever know. Don't be one of those people who just complains and waits. You can actually change your world just by being willing to let God use you. There's a couple of notes here for us as a church, right? One is go and get close. That's why we plant locations. Go and get close to the chariot, God said. Guess what? We're going to go and get close. We're going to go to the spaces no other churches want to go to. Nobody in seminary is thinking, let's plant a church there. Let's do something there. We're going to go do things that, that nobody's paying attention to, nobody's worried about. We're going to go and get close. That's why we got a campus in Tremont. We're going and getting close to the west side of the campus. That's why after this, we have this whole plan to go do ministry throughout Schuylkill County, looking and searching for the next location God has for us as we continue to add locations, going and getting close to people so that we can love them, win their attention, and bring joy to their lives and communities through what Jesus is doing. It's a reminder to break up the band. We are not going to be a country club church. I love country clubs. It's great for golf, but not for church. Listen, yo, make this your gym, not your club. The gym is somewhere you go and you get what you need. You get strong. You get encouraged. You get a, a massage, a rest. You get fixed up. Get everything in line so that you can have a better week, a healthier life, so you can be stronger for others. The church is the place we come to to get fed and encouraged and inspired to be reminded of our value and our worth to God and his love for us. It's a place we go to get challenged when we get lazy or complacent, which happens to all of us, myself included. But it's not a place we just stay and consume. And if you're just consuming here because you've been really beat up in the last church you were at or in your last, last couple years have been really tough and you just need a place to sit and be reminded that you're loved, then okay, good. Sit in that space. But if you sit in that space too long, you end up missing out on the joy. 
And maybe some of you, you're just consuming. Man, enough of that. You're missing out on the best stuff. Ask the people who sit on teams in our church what their favorite thing about our church is. And it's not the worship. It's not the preaching. It's not my really cool outfits. They would all say that the best part is the relationships they have with the team they are on a mission with to change our county. Time to stop consuming church. It should encourage you. It should fill you up. But it's not some place we just attend. It's something we're supposed to be together, and I don't want you to miss out on the joy. Get out of your comfort zone and just be willing, and you'll discover your purpose. I'm just going to end with this. So often people want to sit in my office or talk to me because they don't know what their purpose is and they don't know what God's will is and they want me to tell them, which I can't do. <laughs> Here's what I can do, though. I can say this. This is the line Jim Sheridan, our executive pastor, says over and over and over again. If you are just willing, I don't want to mess it up. If you just are willing to raise your hand and say, I can help, you will discover your purpose. And discovering your purpose is a game changer. We can change our world by what we bring, and what we bring is the joy we have through Jesus. Let's go change our county and our world together. Dear Jesus, thank you so much. I, please don't let anybody dodge this because they think they're not good enough or they don't have a skill or something. This is an everybody thing, God. It's an everybody mission. We want to see healthy families and homes. We want to see our relationships flourish. We want to see our communities grow and experience joy. And whatever reason you've chosen us, each as individuals and together as a church to play a big part in what you want to do in our community. So here I'm saying I'm willing and I'm here and I can help. I pray right now that others that are listening would have that same conviction and that they would move on that conviction to say, God, I don't know what I can do or how I can do it, but I am for the people I live with. I'm for the people around me. I want to see you do something amazing and I want to see joy spread throughout our community. So I don't know how you'll use me. I don't know what you'll do, but I'm here to help. Man, if you say that, I hope you'll email me or hit me up in the church. Just send me a message that says, I'm here to help. And we will get you plugged in because if you make yourself willing, you will discover your purpose. God, thank you so much for your son Jesus, for the hope we have. It's in his name we pray, amen.